everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Good Versus Evil podcast. I am joined on another week of events with my co-host partner in crime, Andrew Rigby. Hello, my good friend. How are you doing this fine day? Um, I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, I'm feeling good today. It's just not been a good week, Miller, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And with that, there's many reasons why I will also say that I am in the same boat. For different reasons, though. And people, in this podcast, you're, we're going to have many topics. We're going to have your usual roundup of the Premier League. As we're, we're now going into an international break, our favourite time to be a football fan, the international break. And we're going to discuss the Premier League results of, in this time of the court, we're going to discuss last week's results. As there is none this week, because we now need to watch our countries. Yeah. And um, there is many things. There is the results. And there's also managerial changes that we're going to discuss. All across the board, the Premier League, and also one that I would like to start off with a particular spec. It was all, it was only speculation the last day or two, but now this morning recording this, it is the Thursday, and it is it's just been announced from us recording this podcast about an hour ago, half an hour ago. It was announced that Gerard has reportedly agreed a two and a half year deal to go to Aston Villa from my team, Glasgow Rangers. And yes, Rigby, as a diehard Scouser local fan, Gerard is, a, is an icon of your team. But he's definitely in there in your greatest 11. Um, how do you feel about... We're going to start off with you, then we'll go into my heartfelt tears. How do you feel about... Steven Gerrard having his shot in the Premier League. I mean, unfortunately for Steven Gerrard, no matter where he goes, he's going to be labelled as Liverpool legend. And the first thing comes to mind is how does it affect Liverpool, which I think, you know, we've got to take that away because at the end of the day, Gerrard gave us the whole of his playing career pretty much. The only time we didn't have him was when he went to the MLS. So he'd done more than enough for Liverpool. Um, what were we expecting him to do? Just stay at Rangers until Jan Klopp finally decided to leave leave Liverpool? Or we were expecting just me, Gerard, not to have a shot at the Premier League, you know, just because he was a great player for Liverpool. I think it's... Um, I'm not saying I've seen Liverpool fans say this, because I haven't. I think it's been overwhelmingly positive from Liverpool fans. You know, many of us were questioning when he was first linked with Rangers and we thought, oh, this could be a bit of a, a, bit of a disaster. And he's completely proved us all wrong, including myself. Um... You know, the way he transformed the culture of the club, the the way it was looked, the the, the fact that he changed strangers from in terms of in Europe, they, they became a bit of a, a bit of a force, you know, they, they they got some amazing results and obviously qualified for the knockout stages one or two times, which was incredible considering, you know, where Rangers were in the last ten years, obviously after they got relegated all the way down to the bottom of the, the Scottish football pyramid, if you like. Um so yeah, in in terms of that, as Liverpool fans, we we can't, you know, this this is not about us. This is about Steven Gerrard, the man, and 
you know, this is a, a really, really, really good opportunity. I've got, a, I can't, I've got to say, I was really, really surprised on Friday, on Saturday, whenever it was, that they'd start Dean Smith. I think it was actually Friday after the game they'd started him. I was really, yeah. really surprised. I mean, we done the pod obviously last week, and we were talking about managerial managers that were under the cosh, and we did not <laughs> say Dean Smith. We knew Villa were doing very well. And I know it was their fifth defeat on the bounce, and it wasn't a great, it was really not great against Southampton. I will give them that. Yes, because when it was announced, I then text you straight away going, That's right. I never expected this. Yeah, because... it, 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 was, it was out of the blue because you always felt that, all right, Villa, where they are, they're not going to stay there. They're going to get that couple of results, they're going to get that rebound and whatnot. And it's been interesting to watch the reaction to this, and well, I think Carragher summed up quite well on Carragher when he spoke about this in terms of that. I think we're at a stage now where clubs, you know, it used to, and I agree with everything that he said, you know, it used to be that it had to be really, really bad before a manager was sacked, you know, that there was that loyalty, if you like. And it's like at an age now where clubs go, if there's somebody better out there and they're not, and the club are not quite firing, they'll, they'll pull the trigger. And they'll change it right away because short-term success is key, to, is key in football these days and whatnot. So yeah, I was really surprised about Dean Smith to go. I thought it was very, very harsh. Um, although Villa fans, you know, they'll they probably would, they, you know, they watch their team more than than both of us do, so they can maybe give us a bit of perspective. Um, it's a risk for Villa to go for Gerard, of course it is because you know this is different. Imagine no. No disrespect to Rangers and Celtic, but that's their competition in the Scottish Premiership. And Gerard done very well to take Celtic down for that season. But he's coming into the Premier League now, where he's F- all 19 teams pose a big, big threat. Every single one of them. And he's going to have to manage the expectation. He's going into a villa, into a club who have got a really promising squad and, you know, decent backing and whatnot but aren't firing on the pitch and they need to get firing pretty quickly because they need to start climbing up the table if they're going to get into that top seven, top eight, which they probably were aiming for at the start of the season um, and whatnot. So, you know, it, it is, of course, it's a big risk, but it's a brilliant big name to to, to bring into the club. Um, I hear Gary McCarthy is going to go with him as well. Um, so, again, he's going back to Villa. Good, good for him as well. Um, you know the other name that I thought I heard was Alberto Martinez. I laugh my ass off when I heard about that because he's just a terrible, terrible, terrible manager. I don't know how he got the blooming. I don't know how he got that Belgian job, but you know, we're we're, we're all on from that. Um, so you know, for Villa fans, brilliant stuff. You know, he's going to bring a lot of big names to the club with just the, the name Steven Gerrard, um, and whatnot. I'm not looking forward to the prospect of having to face Gerrard. At Anfield, um, at all, I think that's going to be a really hard one. But I think you're, it's... A tear, is it going to be a tearjerker for you? It will be a tearjerker. It will be because, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not forget that Villa probably... Like, it's going to be competing against us now. You know, with every time that Gerard's really faced Liverpool before this, is it's been little friendlies and whatnot, you know. We haven't directly... And this time, it's not a little... It won't be friendly, you know. We're fighting for points, and he could come to Anfield when Liverpool sh- sh- needs to win every game to be winning the title. And you know, Gerard's gonna have to, you know, it's it's gonna be really rocker because I'm sure Gerard, in the back of my mind, wants to go out. You know, I, I don't want to stop Liverpool winning the title here because I'm a big Liverpool fan, of course. But 
it's my job. I'm getting paid a lot of good money for this, and Villa's got to be my main priority. So, you know, but I'm sure he will. I've got no doubt that that's that that's something going to be on Gerard's mind. He will be fully focused on the job at Aston Villa, definitely. It'd be interesting to see if he brings any players from Rangers with him. I don't think he will personally. Um, no. I you know, I I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's good enough to come into the Premier League, especially to Aston Villa, who are definitely one of the top ten clubs. Um, so we'll see how this one develops. I mean, you briefly. That I mean, what we've also got to think about is this, for Rangers, it's not good timing at all for Rangers. It's really bad. Um, you know, we're just going into November now. It's a it's a busy part of the season. Celtic are starting to to, to show some signs that they might. You know, they they might have the consistency to maybe challenge Rangers for the to retake the title this season. Um, under Postecoglou, well, I'll just say the Australian's name. I can never say it. Um, so for Rangers, it's really really bad and whatnot. Um, I've seen a lot of respect from Rangers fans. I've got to say on social media from where I've looked, they've they've gone. Listen, I don't want him to go, but I'm not going to come on here and call him a rat and whatnot. You know what he done for us is fantastic. He gave us a good couple of years. And because we're not in Europe, it's probably we're not. It doesn't look like we're going to qualify for Europe. There's probably not a lot of point of him sticking around and whatnot. I mean, but I guess the best person to ask about the Rangers perspective is yourself, Miller, because you know, yes, you're a Chelsea fan, but you are a big Rangers fan, of course. Being for, you know, we're only an hour from Glasgow and whatnot. So, you know, what has actually been the reception from the Rangers fan base, I suppose? And 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 what are your thoughts on everything? First of all, my thoughts of this whole situation is yes, I am upset. Um, not not upset like can we just tears. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just a bit it's a bit of a damper. Um, because when something is working, and you know when we're top of the table, Jeremy, you know I it's not as if you know the second season's been horrible. And we're like oh yeah, you know fine, you know you're still top of the league. He, he he brought us back, our you know our crown after so much adversity we went through, you know, and he he got he got us back to where we deserve to be. So there's an emotional connection because he helped. He I don't think I don't think the other truly understand this, but he helped bring a footballing community back. Yeah. To 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 where it should be, he brought the fans back proper glory. That some people, you know, at the dark. Is 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 it fair to say that he done something similar to what Klopp did at Liverpool in terms of he brought the fun aspect back to the club, but not just that fun aspect. He brought the success that would that had been gone for so long as well. Let's well, yes, uh, like Liverpool, and I can't say it's like Rangers were then a, a sleeping giant. Giant was awoken. Yeah, and. Because it's kind of the same as you know, Liverpool had you know the, like the Stuart Downing days, and Rangers had the Ian Black days. I'm not saying that both players are compared, but like the, the awfulness compared to the league is kind of the same. Um, and he brought back that fire, and yeah, he also gave us, as you said, their European success. Obviously, we didn't win anything, you know, but that was never expected. Um. And you, know, I, I respect the man. I've, I've, I've kind of always respected him as a professional, as a player as well. But you know, more respect now that he came in as manager and and brought back the table. You could see how much he loved being a manager of Rangers. Mm-hmm. And people, and I've seen it on social media. People uh, put up rat and watches and all that. And I'm like, 
Well, use are kind of one of the reasons why he may sit down line off. You know, mm, you know, maybe 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 use there's a sledge of fans that didn't deserve the glory. And if you're if you're going to call him a rat for leaving, and, and yes, I did put up a Facebook earlier on that you know as shit that he's leaving yeah, halfway through. Um, but you know, it's not as if he's left us in dire straits. You know, we're top of the league. In a cup semi-final, we've got a squad that is better than all their all their squads. You know, some of the squads, you know, you know, uh, great and all that. They, they're doing okay, but you know, they've not yet. And, know, I, I, th- and I think also a key reason that probably maybe he is going is I think throughout his whole playing career he was always the underdog and he had to fight like absolute crazy to get any sort of success. And maybe at Rangers he feels like now he doesn't have to fight as hard and it's the grind isn't yeah. there and maybe that's when he goes there, okay, that's 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 it now, I'm moving on to my next my next my next challenge. And I, I could understand that because this season Rangers I said I said this many partners and what like Rangers have barely kicked the ball all season. Because compared to last season we also obviously went through our unbeaten league campaign. And this season I feel I feel like Rangers have barely got off Fucking the gear that we've put on all season. We've not. We've, we've only. I think we've only proven. We've only showed one game this season of you know why we were beat last season, and that was the six-one win against Motherwell a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that was the only game where I could go, okay, that's that's why we're champions. But you know, full respect for them. Um, you know, obviously, I'd I'd have preferred you know if. For instance, right, it got to like Christmas January, and Villa agreed in principle for him to join them in the summer, for example. But in their situation, you can't really do that because they are in a situation now where they need a proper manager in because they are in a different situation than they were last season. They're potentially back on relegation, so they're not going to give us the you know the sentiment and give us to wait to the end of the season. They want the man in now, and as it understands, they they kind of got their man now. You know who knows? I mean, Ed Ed Eddie Howe was was in Glasgow for the Celtic talks, and it didn't go through. But it's it's looking more concrete from, now. From, from uh, my understanding, uh, Gerard last night had dinner with the Villa chairman. I think it was. Yeah. And they, yeah. they discussed all the. It, it's basically just the the finer details that they are preparing now. Um, so it looks like it is yeah. going to happen. I'm not sure Eddie Howe got as far as that. It was more yeah. it was expecting it to get announced. Um, but I think that um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard to watch him. As, you know, at, at another Premier League club, especially someone who maybe be competing with us at times. I mean, my God, if he knocks out of a cup or something, there will be tears out my eyes. But fair play to the man. He's a legend. He's I I love him to absolute bits. I still love him. The only two clubs you can go to that will make me literally hate the man forever yeah. is, of course, Danny Everton, but that's never going to happen and whatnot. Um, so, I'm, no, I'm, good, good luck to him. And Chelsea. <laughs> but fair for sure, though, and, and before we, we move on to the, the next the next topic, I, want, I do want to also say, you know, you've got to give him a lot of credit because he could have easily, very easily, just waited for the Liverpool job and waited. And many times he's gone, oh, Liverpool don't want me. Then I'm not ready for and whatnot. And he's gone, do you know what? I want to manage at the top level and I'm not going to wait for Liverpool. 
I'm I'm gonna do what's best for my career and I'm gonna move forward and forward and don't get me wrong, if Liverpool won't get rid of Klopp in the next three or four years and Gerard bangs it at Villa, you probably gotta say he'll be ready. If you like, maybe maybe to take it on. Now, I'm in the camp yeah. where I would not want Klopp to go ever, but I think there is gonna be a time where he is gonna go in the next couple of years and whatnot, because I think that's just the way he is. You'll want it, you want that next that next um yeah. project yeah. what I'm looking for and whatnot. So for Liverpool, we can look at this two ways. I think that's the way we have to look at it as well. Where if this goes well, he's probably the one. We've, it's the you know it's probably the type of job we were waiting for him to get to see if he can cope with the, the highest level and whatnot. Um, so now hats off to him and um, fair play. But Mel, just before we do finish, are there any news everyone, that you're hearing? Everyone, rugby, 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 and everyone. Uh, you don't, you don't get it. This isn't live or anything, so you are going to us before. But right when we're doing this podcast, it is confirmed on Sky Sports now. Villa have appointed Stephen Gerrard as the head coach. <laughs> Sorry, guys, just excuse me. I'm just about to jump out my window. <laughs> Everyone, this is a re- this is this is a different thing in podcast history that we have done. We have now had this kind of thing happen during recording. But it's six minutes past ten on. Thursday, 11th of November, during this pod recording in Scotland that we're doing this in, Stephen Gerrard has been appointed the Asheville head coach. So, take away all the speculation that we just said there. As concrete now, he is Asheville head coach. And I would just like to thank Stephen Gerrard for his service. He brought us a title, brought success, brought me one of the best footballing years of my life. Potentially the best one, because Chelsea won the championship last season and Rangers won the title. So, Potentially, he was a part of one of the best football seasons of my life. So I'd like to thank him for his efforts as Rangers manager and all the best at Aston Villa. So thank you, Stevie G. Thank you. Oh, wow, that's 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 a new one. Breaking news only heard on the pod, and we don't upload this pod till tomorrow, so everyone's going to already know. But it is what it is. The question I was going to ask you before we move on is. What are the names? Are we hearing any names for the Rangers job at the moment at all? It's just fucking a short list of names. Yeah, nothing, nothing concrete yet. Because it probably has come yeah. out of the blue for Rangers. Um, yeah, ex players are on it there, like Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is on there. I mean, uh, Rangers can't afford to do that. They, they've got to try and find someone that's going to carry on the success that Gerard's brought in. They can't afford just to bring someone just to fill in that, that gap. They can't afford to do that. Um, so. Yeah, I swear to God, right? God is my fucking witness. I swear to God. I love, with all my heart and soul, this is weird. I love, with all heart and soul, Graham Murphy, right? But I swear <laughs> to fucking shit. If we appoint Graham Murphy again to carry the ship, I swear to Christ. Because... <laughs> I just don't want it. And also, Russell Martin is a manager now. Didn't know that. Didn't know Russell Martin's a fucking manager now. He's manager of Swansea, is it? And I've been told he's one of the favourites. I swear to Christ. Everyone, <laughs> mood has, my mood has drastically changed in the last like, 30 seconds. But I'm telling you right now, if we appoint either Graham Marty, Derek McGuinness, or fucking Russell Martin, I will lose my shit. So, 
people, next week, this, next two weeks or three weeks, whatever my next podcast is on, and we just potentially have a new manager, and it's either one of these jackasses, you'll hear my wrath. But until then, we will see, and you'll be as you friends. I would just like to say the Good Vast Evil podcast. would like to apologise if you were offended by any of the language that Mr. Miller has just spoken. Oh, God! <laughs> now I'm more upset he's gone because now I realise the shit we're going to be left with trying to point. Alright, alright, let's move on. Let's move on before Miller actually decks himself. Um, I know that. Oh, another club that's um, hired a new manager since we've done the last pod is, of course, Newcastle. We knew it was going to happen. We're only going to briefly speak about this, but, of course, Eddie Howe is the new manager of Newcastle United. Well, I mean, we spoke about this quite a lot, but now we know it's happened. Um, a decent appointment, someone that knows how to get out of the relegation zone, obviously with Bournemouth. You know, we're expecting yeah. to have quite a bit of money to spend in January. So, a good move for Newcastle, We would would, would you say? Yes, despite him being relegated before, I think this is a perfect appointment for them right now. And also, here's something, right? I know we've been discussing the last few podcasts, but it's someone that's here for the journey, right? Eddie Howe's still a young man. Yeah. Eddie Howe is, is also, he's been around the block a few times also. He's dealt with many situations. And also, let's not forget, Eddie Howe is a great fucking manager. Yes, he got relegated to Bournemouth. But let's not forget, like we said in our podcast, let's not forget what he's done for Bournemouth. The Bournemouth wishes re- peak. I think he should have left before he got relegated because I think he should have left the season before or maybe two seasons before and got that move because he damn well deserved it. And, you know, there was, there was many clubs that were like, that he was in the shortlist for over his time as a fourth manager because, shocker, everyone, he's a good manager. So don't just forget forget about the relegation. It's like Ramsdale doing well at Arsenal right now and arguably one of the best players since he's joined. He's been relegated three times in his young career and that doesn't matter now. He's a good he's a good goalie and he's doing well. Eddie Howe, the same thing. He's a great manager. He had that one fucking thing that went wrong and that's a mistake that, you know, he'll learn from. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic point for Newcastle. Um, I think right now it's the ideal appointment because you know you may not be able to get in that pedigree manager that you want to get right now and also there's not many managers available right now and it's either you get Eddie Howe in that could be a manager that you can build for the next few years also has a Premier League experience he's young and he's got some players there that he's managed before that he can get the best out of like Cam Wilson one of the best players who's been scored recently Ryan Fraser and co or you can get a guy like Sam Allardyce or what have you, not saying Sam Allardyce, but a guy like that, an old head, to steer the ship and like get you out of relegation. But that's not a long-term solution. And you're just going to need to sack your manager. You're just going to need to waste money. So Eddie Howe, for me, is the correct appointment right now. So yes, I think that is the best thing that they could have done at this point. Fair enough. Um. Well, another club, obviously. Well, I, uh, no, I promise. Gets us to the, <laughs> the last club we're talking about for changing managers. We've got a list of other clubs because everyone's sacking their managers. I, I mean, there's a. One. I mean, there's a big one that we've not spoken about yet, which is outside the Premier League, which we will get onto after this one. Um. 
But another club that sat their manager was Norwich City. We did speak about this, Daniel Farker. I guess it feels quite sour taste because Norwich did get their first win of the season against Brentford, which is not an easy team. To, it was obviously of a team that I took points off big teams already this season. You know, it felt weird, but, you know. We... I love how they, they waited until they finally got the win and then went, ha-ha, now you're getting sacked. I mean, you have to expect that, you have, you have to realise that I think that they, they before the game started, they were going to sack him. And I think they just, they thought, we'll just give you the one more. Um, you know, just you know, and then you, you can we'll, we'll let you go after that. But I think again, Frank Lampard seems to be the favourite to replace Daniel Farker. Of course, he's already had experience in the Premier League. Imagine Chelsea, maybe. Um, that you know, that's probably a lesson Gerard's learned in terms of don't go for a big club straight away in the Premier League. Go go for a smaller one first. Um, I mean, this you know that was maybe Frank Lampard's downfall, but it's good to see that he wants to still. Go into management, and he's still motivated motivated enough to, to do it. Um, and he'd be going into a very a, a decent attacking team, Norwich, I suppose, in terms of how they play. But he, you know, be a very very tough job. But I suppose it's a job which Van Lampard can go into with the pressure of relegation. But I don't really think Norwich are a club who are going to sack him if they do get relegated, as long as they do see potential and they feel yeah. like they can bounce back again. So. You know, I'd say a good move all round. Of course, he will definitely play Billy Gilmore, <laughs> you know, who we were crying out last week, yeah. wondering why the hell he doesn't play. Lampard's yeah. definitely going to go in and play the lad. Um, so, yeah, like maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that maybe this is um, the best thing because then Billy can finally get games in the Prem. You know, maybe this first half, this first third, I should say, I should say, has been a bit difficult for him. But now, if if Lampard does come in, then Billy will definitely be starting. Maybe not every game. He's not going to show favoritism in that sense. But he's going to have a better fucking shot, proving himself. Are we, yeah, are, 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 we, are we at an age, Miller, now, where the traditional relegation-saving managers are being pushed out the door for these younger managers who are there for a project? Yes, also for the project sense. And I think these men are hitting their fucking 70s and all that, do you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a time where, you know, you put the dog down and call it. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, if I was in the bottom three, I would like a good Sam Allardyce or, you know, yeah. or a Neil Warner to get me out of, out of danger. Yeah, I mean, I've been shouting for fucking Sam Allardyce to go to any of the, the relegated teams because I love Big Sam. Big Sam put a smile on my face. Like, <laughs> Big Sam... He's just, he's just a man. He's just a man. But you know, you know, with, with Lampard coming in to Norwich, uh, I think yeah, it has to be a project. You can't just have. He's not got the experience of saving a club from relegation, so it's a bit different. You can't if he doesn't get his relegation, which he hasn't. Which is not Norwich is pesh poor. But, but you don't get that experience, I suppose, unless you're given the opportunity. And Lampard yeah. has got great experience in the Championship. So I do yeah. think that's probably maybe on Norwich's mind and whatnot. Um, and obviously it's another big name which will bring more exciting players to the club. Yeah. So if he, so for instance, if he comes to Norwich, he does okay. They still get relegated because Norwich is shit. He's no witch doctor. Um, and then they go down to the championship, and then he, for instance, right, has he gets in the right players. Does his thing, play a bit. Maybe get some players from Chelsea, Chelsea connections, gets a couple of low players in there, and then builds our stars again. Maybe even gives Bill Gilmore a second season at Norwich. 
hopefully not. But what if he does? Then Billy Gilmore's a full season in the championship, tears it up, comes back to the brim and next season after that. Then Lampard gets Norwich promoted, comes back up and then has that starting block of a full Premier League season at a new club. Who knows? There's many good opportunities in that. So, yeah, um, it can benefit Billy. Uh, it benefits me. I'd love to see Lampard back in the Prem. Um, I wasn't really too happy when he got sacked. And Lampard's club legend. Um, but also, Tuchel's gave me a Champions League. Some are going to say that it shouldn't have happened. Um, but, you know, still, he's, he's Lampard's man, club legend. Love him to pieces. Um, was my childhood. So, I wish him all the success. And if he can come back to the Prem, you know, go back, go to the Championship, come back to the Prem, prove that it was wrong, and prove why he's a great. You could be a great manager one day then. I'm all for it. And if that starts off at Norwich, then that starts off at Norwich. Maybe it's the perfect appointment for him. Maybe it's the perfect one. Who knows? I mean, only, ta- yeah. only time only time, is going to tell, I suppose, um, with that one. Um, before we move on to the Premier League results... There was one more club that I wanted to talk about that have changed hands. And, of course, it's yeah. the mighty FC Barcelona. Um, they've brought back their club legend, Xavi, after a successful spell at the Saudi Arabian League. I mean... Was it, was it, not, was it not guitar? Guitar, sorry. I mean... I mean look, right, look, guys. Right, look. And I might be the only person here, but... I just don't understand how you get... I know you were a brilliant player and whatnot, right? And he really was. He was the best, one of the best players in the world for the entire career. I mean, nobody could pass the ball like Xavi, right? I love him to bits, right? But surely you have had to manage in a better league than the Qatar League to get the Barcelona <laughs> job. I mean, I Over. understand that it's going to appease the supporters. He's a big club favourite. And he'll bring the love factor back into the club. I understand that. I really do. But I just... <laughs> it, it, I mean, it just baffles me. I, I just feel like he, should, he needed more experience in, in European See, leagues for me. I mean... See, to be fair, see, to be fair Barcelona, are, this is the right boy for Barcelona because they're the point where Braithwaite and De Jong, who couldn't get in a shit Newcastle team... Is their starting strikers. So, right now, Xavi's an upgrade. And what, what, you know, I'm also taking the piss here and just take the piss at Barca. But, but they're looking right. Seeing Barcelona's delusional and culturistic mind, right? They're sitting going, oh, this could be the next Pep Guardiola. Then, you know, in their minds, this could be the next Pep Guardiola. A young manager come in, he's going to change things. His style plays amazing and his physiology and all that. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. You know, first of all, like you just said there, all he's done is test himself in the guitar league. He's not tested out his style play and seen that his tactics have worked in a top league. Or at least a team in Spain, right? You, you know, like a. Not, not real Sociedad, I think they're top level. I mean, listen, no. I, I am fully expecting Xavi to prove me completely wrong because they normally do and whatnot. And he is, he's got a really good understanding of the game. And we, I, I, or certainly me, 
I'm nowhere near a Spanish football expert. I do not watch Spanish league football at all, to be honest with you. So, so I don't know exactly how bad Barcelona actually are playing at the moment and whatnot. I understand that they're just they're, they're yeah, kind of playing like they're, they're not playing the Barcelona way, and he can can bring that back. And I suppose they're at a stage now where they're so far off the league now where they can maybe afford to take that risk and drop a few more points or just for it's a more attractive football, I suppose. But it just still seems odd to me. But here's the thing. Our team's not learning from other teams' mistakes, right? From bringing these managers that have not done anything into the top teams, right? Obviously, Lampard kind of... How did Spurs get Conte and the... Um, when the likes of the Barcelona job has been going, United's job is on the fence and whatnot. I, <laughs> I know. I, I'm but sorry. Surely it. Barcelona would have been better off, although maybe they can't afford it, going for Antonio yeah, Conte. But here's the thing: have they not learned? I know Barcelona are very stupid and not run properly, but have they not learned? Right? They don't learn from the Pirlo Juventus situation. Pirlo, one of the greatest players ever graced the land of the universe. One of the best midfielders to ever touch a ball. He went to Juve, and for granted, the Juve team was kind of fractured in some senses. But he went to Juve and bombed. And he and he's kind of in the same instance of Xavi, one of the best midfielders to ever grace a game. And he went to the champions of that league. And for granted, Conte and Inter were just, just amazing, right? So, but still, it's the same thing. And Barca have got to think in their dire straits. Maybe they can't afford a top manager. Maybe, maybe. this is the only, maybe this is one of the only logical options they have. Bringing in because they can't just bring in their own manager and then Barca fans are going, oh what the fuck's this? Maybe this is the paper over the cracks also because they can't afford a manager. But this paper over the cracks, let's bring in a club legend. Let's bring in a club icon. Like I mean, I suppose they maybe will be looking at how United brought in Ollie. You know how bad they were. You know, big Jose Mourinho gets sacked and whatnot. You know, where do you go from here? We'll give it to Oli. The fans love him. He gets a couple of big results, especially the PSG one. Everybody falls in love with him, and it turns into this project. Yeah. But ultimately, it turns look at United. Oli took them as far as he can. He was never going to get on the table. That's not why he was brought in. He was brought in to steady the ship, bring everyone together, and whatnot. You know, get a little, bit, get a bit close, and then leave the foundations for the next top yeah. manager when they can afford it. But also, but also, right, and let's all be honest here, and every football fan, I should agree, should come and join me in unison and agree with me on this. Anything is best. The fucking Ronald Koeman. Oh, my God. How the, How did that man get that job? Did anyone see him at Everton? Seriously. They <laughs> didn't because the board don't know what they're doing. This man, Ronald Koeman, fucking, this, this man should get sacked in this position alone. This man said that Suarez was too old and was done. Suarez then went to Atletico, won them the, the league. Mm-hmm. And, like, and did he get top goal scorer? Or was, was, he was saying top goal scorer, I don't know what, what Messi's numbers were that season. But he scored goals that won Atletico the title. Koeman sold the man for pennies, like four mil or something. So he should get sacked. Koeman ripped the heart out of that team. He really yeah. did. And he was clinging on to Messi like hell. And then when he lost Messi, that was it. 
and he made some unbelievable decisions and quite fine answer I decent surprised as, as, as long as he did but like I say I don't really pay attention to Spanish Football League if I'm honest it's one of the very few leagues that I could not care less about to be honest it, every time I watch it it just makes me cry of how like ugh, it's it's not for me it's it's not for me the only time I watched them was in the Champions League and whatnot and they've been a shambles last couple of years so they need to change something and I guess good luck to them on that front Miller yes but now it's time for the reason that you're all here. I'm not going to lie. I know why everyone is here. And we're going to start straight off with it. Come on, special on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you've got to give us some time to get the last update ready to, to, to announce it, Mella. The reason why they're all here. No, of course. We start the week with the, obviously, the Liverpool... We, our own beaten run in the league is done. We're the last team. Everyone can have a laugh with us. We finally lost the game. Um, and it was just, it was probably one of the worst games I've watched us play in a very long time. It was just pain from start to finish. I mean... Uh, is it one of the best games if you're a neutral fan? Because... Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is, because Liverpool struggled from minute one. It you know we kept the ball a little bit alright for the first five minutes or so, but but Liverpool never looked comfortable. They never did um, can I ask, at all. Can I, can I ask you a question before before we go into this? Uh, it was the first goal for West Ham, and I want your opinion on this before we go and discuss it. Was the decision correct? Right? Was Allison blocked from um, trying to save the first goal? Was it? A foul or a possible hand ball. Yes. 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 It is. Look, right. Okay, look. I agree. I, I, what I would say is I don't want it to be a foul. Because I think goalkeepers do get too much protection from corners and set pieces and whatnot. Because ultimately, as long as they're not pushing their elbow into your face, I think it's fair game. And then there's always not knocking you completely over and whatnot. There is an arm in there. I've seen them given so many times and whatnot. But let's be clear, Alisson, without even that contact that goes in, he's completely missed it completely. He's got his he's got his um angles completely wrong. He's far too weak from which is something you don't associate Alisson from. He's usually very, very authoritative. Um, especially from corners and whatnot. Um, you know, you, you see them given it all the time. I think the reason we don't get it is that Alisson's missing it anyway. So it's not really impacting the goal um, and whatnot. So yeah. I wasn't... Listen, I see him giving. And of course, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm screaming for it and whatnot. And of course I am. And your answer to your question is, yes, it's a foul. But it doesn't help that without, without, without that, he still misses it. So I, yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's, it's one of those. You see him giving all the time. Um, and you go, well, why yeah. don't I be giving this time? It's like consistency again. But you don't well, want to see goals chalked off for little things like that, which really does not actually impact the way the ball's actually gone in the back of the net. You don't want to see goals chalked off at all. Um, well, going, in, going, into this, going into the equaliser, which was an amazing equaliser, but before we get into that, was um, Cresswell's foul a yes. serious foul? Because, yes, I also think so. We're agreeing a lot on this. Because, yes. Um, no, no, I mean, it's a tough question. 
it's it's not it's 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 not one of those I'm going to sit on the fence of. I'm going to come right on the record and say there's no. I've got no doubt in my mind it's a red card, because you can go in for a chance hard. That's fine. You can't win the ball and then have your foot back high again. You just can't at all. It, he knows exactly what he's doing, and that can that can really damage a player. And the fact that they have seen this and they've not given it may got me to boiling point. It really did. And I don't want to. And listen, I understand that that would have ruined the game and whatnot. Red cards ruin games and whatnot. So for the neutral, they're all going to scream, nah, you know, it was correct decision and whatnot, because of course it would have ruined it and whatnot. And obviously they don't want to see us win and stuff like that. And I don't want to see players get sent off, but that's a bad challenge. That's a really bad challenge. And I could not simply believe that, first of all, I'd had a look at it and they hadn't given the red card. It's just, it blows my mind completely. And I'll tell you something, right? That referee was shocking. Really, really yeah. shocking. He made so many bad decisions. It was unreal. Some smaller ones that could have led to big big opportunities and whatnot. And I'm not taking it away from Liverpool's performance. We deserve to get beat on the day. But that referee was absolutely shocking. And not to give a red card for that, I was... I don't know what to say anymore. I, I really, really don't. I, Yeah, it's just pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. But yes, uh, despite it not being a red, it should have been despite all that. It was then. We didn't even get booked. We didn't even get booked. Doesn't even get booked, yeah. Um, you know, two bad decisions there, and there was also more to come. But despite all that, the referee did give it a, a foul. Which mm. is still stupid, because if you give it a fucking foul, then I know it's first offence, but it was a, it was a two-footer swing. It should have been a red, worst case a yellow. Like, you have to be all end all. Give it as no booking, it's ridiculous and the poor management of the game, and you see all this stuff. But then, despite all this, despite all this, we then get the local, then get a free kick, later into kick. the half. Yeah, yes, and it, it's and we've not really seen this in a while. It, it was done during the Barclays Premier League years of the pass, then the tap again. Then the shot. Gerard loved these kind of free kicks that Alexander Arnold scored. He, he loved those kind of ones. Where you tap it, tap again, boom. Yeah. Keeper doesn't move. Top corner, top drawer. Crisp, crisp finish. I mean, what um, I would say, I mean, what I would say about Liverpool's first half performance is I actually didn't think it was horrendous. The first half. I yes, we were one nil down. We were keeping the ball well. We were getting it into that final five. We just weren't getting it right and whatnot. And you know, I, I, I felt we were a little bit unfair to be 1-0 down. I, you know, I wouldn't say we deserved to be in front, nowhere near it, but I don't think we were playing horrendously. I mean, they were catching us on the break a little bit and whatnot, but you just expect that. I mean, results like Aston Villa, Brentford in recent years has, has proven that that is a vulnerability of ours and whatnot, but it's a beautiful free kick. It really is. I mean, it's been a while since it's actually scored a free kick. But you've always got confidence in him, and it was a beautifully executed set piece, and yeah, top bins, and you just expect Liverpool to go and get the go and get the next one. To be honest with you, after that, you just expected it. You really did. Um, and we go into half time. It's it's one one. Um, you know, it's 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 happy days, and then you know you talk about teams galvanising each other and going out stronger for the second half. Bloody hell, that did not happen for Liverpool at all. We were absolutely tragic in the second half. Really, 
really, really were. Um, we were absolutely where, nowhere. Where, where is the call tragic or the fact that West Ham just played great? We were tragic. So it was both? No. no, no, no. Uh, well, look, West Ham did well. They really did. But my God, they could have had. We could have made it easy for them, could we? With, yes. with, the, with the individual errors. I mean, yes. it's just yeah. an absolute joke. I mean, in the midfield, we lose it completely in the middle of the park. You know, standard. We'd lost that a couple of times before this, to be honest. And you wonder why West Ham hadn't took, took, took the lead. But we do lose it. They play a great a little pass through. Verge went down massive. They've got no chance at all. And then the shot goes just right through Alisson. I mean, Alisson has saved us many times this season. He really has. And I'm not going to come on here and slate him. But he did cost us in this game. It, I mean, it's just one you expect him to save. It just goes right through him pretty much. And and yeah, yeah it, it was 2-1. And you expect a reaction. And it just got worse. And I mean, the, the third one for the corner. Oh. I mean, it's a shame because at half time I t- I gave the big the big in with Trent you know the, the argument between Trent and Reece James and it frustrates me because this is unfortunately the reason why he doesn't get picked over Reece James because he does this I mean where is he going where is the marking you don't lose your man like that at the back post and it's so easy for Kurt Zuma it really is and it Kurt was game Zuma. set oh. match everyone who knows this. Kurt Zuma's my boy. Anyone scores that. Anyone scores it with that much freedom at the back post. Anybody scores that. And you know, Kurt, oh. Zuma. Kurt Zuma has done that again. We're losing his phone there, Mel. I'll get a finger back, though. Yeah, I think I'm back, yeah. Yeah, you're back, uh, one. Yeah, uh, Zuma again brings smiles and joy to my face. Um, with an inc- with an incredible header, but Alison did make it difficult. So yeah, yeah, and then you know we 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 you get this we get we get one back with Ivo Karigi. Fantastic finish for him, by the way, brilliant stuff. And it was the first time. It was something that was really frustrating me all game. It, and it's something the club's mentioned time again in the Premier League the last couple of weeks. I I think do you know before I get onto that. Ironically, I think that the United result was the worst thing that could have happened to us in the league. I really do, because I think we've gotten big-headed. I really do, in the league. You know, there's, there's been a couple of games now where we've started, we've gotten a few goals and we've just switched off. Um, or, you know, we've, we've brought it back and we've just switched off completely. Um, and I, I said this actually after the game. I think we've lost the joy to defend, like defend for the, our lives and, and grind out results. I think we've lost that. And it is that that attitude, unfortunately. You know, I remember in terms of in the title when when we won the title, um, and we were losing one 0 or whatnot. And there was a real grit to knock and see anymore because we had the confidence that we could go and score a couple of goals and bring it back and whatnot. And we're starting to look like a team that can just fall apart again for for about five or ten minutes and we just completely put away. And it's just it's really not good enough. Levo Grigi brings it back for us, it's 3-2 and whatnot. But we didn't create another chance until the 91st minute. It was just poor again. It was slow football. You know, back to the back ball, Henderson playing a pass to the side. There was no there was no interaction at all. And there was a little hopeful cross just easily headed away and whatnot. And I mean, but Manny should have equalised at the end. It was a great set piece and should have scored, but it would have been very harsh on West Ham, who definitely deserved the win. I was a bit harsh when I said that 
but the Downs Liverpool you know, playing really, really bad rather than West Ham playing well. The West Ham done really, really well. They they made it very difficult for us on the day and you know Moyes got his tactics spot on. But what my point is that I don't think Liverpool could have made it any easier for them. I really, really don't. And yeah, it's um been a bad couple of um results in the league back to back. Um it's more the performances that are worrying than anything else um and yeah just a a bad 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 day at the office um it helped west ham leapfrog us as well which is not what you want to see at all um and yeah um just Uh, so um i never usually do this but i have the need to talk about chelsea now usually Usually, now this, now this game is going to Usually, I can wait until we talk about Chelsea because, you know, this bad result or good result, we'll, we'll get to it. But I feel like I need to do it now because that fucking game frustrated me. First of all, we dominated that match up until they got the goddamn equalizer. We dominated them. But do, but, do, but do you know why the reason didn't get it three points, people? Because we couldn't finish our goddamn dinner. The amount of chances we missed. Havertz missing fucking chances that anybody could score. Yeah, he got, he got a goal. And it was a great header, great finish. Um, Thiago Silva hit the post a couple of times from headers. Um, Hudson Dolly had a good few chances that you know, it's just Hudson Adoy. He's not got the best accuracy. He's not got the best attacking prowess. So, you know, you're not really going to go, oh, Hudson Adoy should have scored that. He's not really proven to be that prolific. But everyone all across the board, Reese James was whipping in balls for these men. Balls. He was whipping them in, going, here it is for you, on a plate. They just couldn't finish it. Our play was so good. We were on the yeah. It's it's it's. It, I feel like it's always worse when you played really really well and you nip, they nip a, a little draw off you. Yes, and these are the kind of results, right? That lose your titles. But this is why Liverpool result was so bad. This is why it was so bad because we this was a chance to get. We don't think you're going to drop many points this season, so when you do, we've got to be there. And when we drop points as well, in fact, we don't even get a point. It's. Oh, it gets me going again and whatnot. But I, complete, but I completely agree with you, Mel, though. Chelsea, with the, the, what I've seen, were absolutely superb. You couldn't have done any more other than maybe get that second goal. And, yeah, and it's, it's at home as well. It's not like, oh, it's a way, it's tough, you know, a way atmosphere and all that. You know, it was at home. It was a fucking home. And, yeah, their goal, and before anyone said it, it was on save, blah, blah. You know, yeah, they didn't deserve it, but they're your typical team to come as underdogs and get the result. You've got to respect them for that. Yeah, they got a cheeky one off as blah, blah, blah. Men, they couldn't really do anything about it. But still, we were on our worst enemy in this game. It was our fault. We should have scored at least three or four extra goals in this game. Not even counting the goal we scored. Mm-hmm. We should have got an extra here. This should have been an easy game to breeze past and to go into the international break. But now, things change. It's not like I change anything, because uh, Tuchel will just get them 
Jordan. Maybe this, obviously, I wanted to fucking. Is it, is 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 it a bit unfair because of how well you actually did play and you've only conceded the the one chance to 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 call yeah. it a bit of a crisis? Because that that's kind of what I'm hearing. I, I'm not worried about Chelsea. I I really wouldn't be. You know, you do get games yeah. like that in the season, unfortunately. That it just does not quite. Yeah. You do everything possible. It just does not go in the bloody back of the net and whatnot. Um, I of think it's that, concerning, of that, course. This will be the kind of same as the Man City result in a sense. This will be a kick up the arse. Yeah, know. yeah, it's, definitely. And of course, you do have your top two forwards out at the moment as well. Yes, and you know the amount of chances we had, Lukaku that scored one of them. And I know he's not been firing recently, and I know Werner can has his moments more often than not. But the, I've got to think to myself, surely one of them would have finished a good couple of those chances. I'm just thinking to myself, but that's the worst thing about this, people. I'm thinking too much. I'm overthinking. And it's really hurting because this this was the first game this season, right? I don't count the Liverpool one because that was against you. It was a tough game and all that. And, you know, 10 men, we, we could have got the three points, blah, blah, blah. But this game should have been easy because we played so well. And this is kind of a game that kind of resembled a, a full season before the result was made and it was a draw because we played so well, we had guys out still, and we deserve the goddamn three points. But in the same sense, we didn't deserve it because we didn't finish and we let ourselves down. And this is the, this is the kind of game that also, for the same as yours, yous are dropping points. We're not going to think yous are going to drop points all that much. So the win's crucial. If you're losing games... We want to be winning them because that puts us a three points ahead of yous. But no, I mean we're still points ahead. But like that two, that other two extra points could prove so vital. And I still think yous are the top challengers. City are doing okay and well, but yous are the yous are the top challengers, as I feel. Well, um, shall we move on to City then? Since yeah. you um you've brought them up, um. Yes. We spent a lot of time talking about United's situation, one, so I don't even want to bother. I don't understand why he's still on that job. I, I'm sorry, I'm at a point now where I'm not even a United fan, and I'm so I just don't understand what they are seeing that makes them go, yeah, he's 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 the right man for the job. I mean, City was stupid for a minute, one. They really were. They and if they had a yeah. proper striker, we said as many times, they would have scored a, a load more and whatnot. You know, they just had so much fun. And Eric Bailly, it was a shocker for the first one. You've got to drop that when they don't have a defensive line either. They just they're just the lunatics. They really are. And this proved it because any team with a proper back four structure, or if, you know, any sort of back line structure, would have dropped with the line and whatnot. Or they would have held a high, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Bailly needs to drop a few yards, and he doesn't. So when he actually does go for the ball, he just flicks it and he goes over the hair, and it's one nil and. It just does. You just expect it to be an onslaught from there. And I just think City quite a long time to get the second. Um, you know, there was a lot. There's been a lot of criticism of Wan Bissaka, and rightly so. I think that is the worst performance on my right back I've seen in a very long time. I mean, he was leaving so much space on that left on that channel um, for Foden to, to run into. It was unbelievable. I mean, I talked about that back line, and he was just breaking it completely, just pushing far too high up the pitch, and not helping his team at all. And even if he did get near the ball, he couldn't put a tackle in for life of him. I mean, we always say his attacking uh, attributes is the problem. No, defensively, he was absolutely nowhere in this game at all. He's a fault yeah. for the first one. 
was the old for second one? Not for me. I understand he's maybe should press a little bit more, but um, you know, it's all it's sure for me. Get do not take that chance. Do not be that arrogant, thinking it's just gonna go out and there's nobody on your on your shoulder at all. Touch the ball, take the corner, get reorganized, go in at one nil. He doesn't do that. He allows the lad to get a touch on it, and they're saying this is De Gea's fault, not for me. He should. He's not expecting his left back to leave the ball there at all. And De Gea kept them in the game for a couple of saves since then as well, um, and whatnot. Um, so not for me, not De Gea's fault. That's completely Luke Shaw's, who's just not had a good season so far at all. An arrogant defending, um, and they got punished. And for United, they just for the second half. I mean, that was. Bad, like really, really bad. I mean, at least at Liverpool they were still getting half chances and getting a little bit of the ball, and City just, Joe, just um, toyed with them. Joe, the Shaw thing remains the Shaw thing remains me of FIFA, right? Because <laughs> because he's running all the way to the ball, he's showing the urgency. Then last second he stops as if the game glitches. He just stops. Why? Like I, I'm a, a man like Roy Keane must have been hit in the worst of rages right now. Because if you're going for that ball, you're going for it regardless if you think the keeper's going to get it or not. You are going for that ball to make sure it's in safety. You, obviously, De Gea's a good keeper, you trust him and all that. But you do not leave. If you're running straight forward, you don't leave it. Keep going. Beat, the, beat your keeper to the ball. Get a ball out. Beat your beat the man through it. Doesn't matter. Oh dear. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone. <laughs> before I go back into my rant, I'm watching highlights of the Man U game again. <laughs> just, just give up on videos to watch again. Videos to watch after this, and it's the Aston Villa the point team and Gerard. It's Gerard holding the Villa top, and I just looked at it and I was like. <laughs> oh, but yes, more to that. Um, that's just I also. I mean, a, a good couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't see Ollie going, and Ollie's here to stay and all that because I I just don't trust United to make that decision. But I can I can believe that he's still here. But also, I'm like, come on now, come on now. It, it, it's here in plain sight. Get rid of him. You. It's like it's 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 like they're waiting for him just to turn that corner again, and they go, "Ha, ah, told you so. Told you we were smarter." Yeah, but why is waiting? You're, you're It's not like it's if it's a, a, like Tottenham, for example, the Iron. It's not as if it's fucking Tottenham, and like you know they barely won anything in recent times. So I mean, what I would say is that after the full game, that they got you got a bit of an applause from United fans, and they were seeing his name a little bit and whatnot. And after City won, there was anger. There was none applause. There were the finger was going at him. They were, you know, they were. It was going Ollie, see you later, f out of our club, all this sort of stuff. You could hear that from the camera you walking down the tunnel. The, the United fans are starting to sway to Ollie up now. The percentage is yeah. getting higher and higher on that side and whatnot. Um, and it's see, only you, a matter you know of time, what... I suppose, where until the banners start coming out for me. You right, everyone. Listen to this. You know it's bad when us two, who hate United, are even raging to still see this man here. Because we're football fans first. And United's one of the biggest fucking football teams out there. Maybe maybe top three biggest, right? And we're sitting here and we're going, 
why is this man still here? I could, I can't honestly, I've had enough sentiment to last me a lifetime recently. I am sick of the sentiment. The man isn't United quality. And, uh, you know, it's, it's debated what United quality is these days. But Solskjaer shouldn't be managing a player like Ronaldo. Let's just say that. Solskjaer should not be managing this team. He's, I don't, I'm not saying it's necessarily his fault, but he's completely ruined, it's not his fault completely, but he's ruined Sancho. Sancho also needs to do better himself, but he's ruined Sancho. He's brought that man in, and there's rumours he's going to put him in fucking right wing back, first of all, which I find ludicrous. He's, he's just, he's not, he shouldn't still be here. He's terrible. He can't be relegated. He was a manager in his home nation. Didn't, you know, who cares about that noise? That shabby level from guitar level. And now he's in United. And yeah, like you said there, well, they're waiting for him to prove us wrong. There's no way you can prove us wrong now. Doesn't matter if he goes and wins his next game. Doesn't matter. You ain't proving wrong for nothing. You're just, it's the method of insanity. You keep doing the same thing as if it's going to work when, when it hasn't before. You know, thinking that something's going to change. The, the United board are in. Seen to keep this man in. Managers have been sacked from teams this season. You know, managers that were, that were good before. And this man's still here? Come on now. It's not as if they don't have the money to sack him. Get him out. He's balled into Conte. He didn't get a guy at Conte in who was available. You know, who else has done now? Who, you know, do you know what I mean? Get him out now. There's no one worse out there. He honestly shouldn't be here. And it's a not, it, I'm even frustrated that I'm frustrated at this because I shouldn't be. I should be delighted. I should be sitting there going, I love it. I love that United are going to see proper progress and I'm going to get back to winning ways because I don't want that. But as a football fan, people, it frustrates me that this man is using his name and his successes as a player and the board are seeing that and going, it's acceptable enough for this man to do so bad and so inconsistent to be staying at a top team like United. And something needs to change. Something needs to be done. And fuck me, the fucking writing's in the wall for this man. Start seeing it. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair reflection. Um, One more team that I want to talk about before we just do our, our normal roundup. And I think because they deserve it. And it's, it's got to be Arsenal, who are just getting... Yeah. They're getting some really, really good results. Um, they're closer than they've ever been to the top four in recent years at the moment. Um, they're fifth at the moment, with two points behind us. They're playing us next, actually, after the international break and whatnot. Um, but well, imagine, imagine, imagine. No, no, no. Actually, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. They're not beating us. They're not beating us. The, the gap, they can have their fun for now. They can have their fun for now. But it's going to be five points in two weeks. And I'm going to laugh at you. I'm joking. I'm getting too toxic. Bro, that's, Miller, that's, Miller's, that's Miller's job to be toxic to Arsenal. <laughs> bro, imagine, but. No, imagine, I can't imagine. But. No, I'm not going to imagine. No, go away. <laughs> imagine all the criticism that we both gave. I've also given more I've also given more criticism about Arsenal than you. I blame you for this Arsenal resurgence, you know. I blame you. Yes, I also blame myself because, you know, I've basically been going, come on, come on. If Arsenal get in the top four somehow this season, I blame myself. I I, I, I should be getting paid for it. And we will have a sponsored 
uh, beheading of Miller as well, if Arsenal gets top four. And guess what? I will go, okay, I, d- I deserve it because... We can't promote this sort of torture. No, no, no. We'll just throw some rocks at him. No, instead, no, instead of beheading, instead of beheading, I'll, I'll watch um, all of Norwich. I will watch all of Norwich's uh, games of this season back to back. Back on repeat. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just because you want to go back to that Chelsea seven knowledge nil, I know your game. <laughs> it's not worth it. Dude. I know your game. <laughs> it's not worth it. But um, no, given credit, but I will tell you something though, and I, it was a bit controversial. Their goal, would you say? You know, should they have should they have given the ball back to Watford? It's one of those, you know, it is the sporting thing to do and whatnot, but the lad wasn't actually injured. So it, it, well, he was injured, but it's one of those that he probably should have done, but it does happen quite a bit after that, but it's like the ball doesn't go out of play again, so they, they use that sort of thing um, and whatnot. You know, what, Miller, should be, what is your thoughts on this, the, the fact that the t- when the team kicks the ball out of play for someone to get injured? Do you think they should 100% give it back to the team that were in possession at the time? If the player is seriously injured, yes. If the player is not like in a serious predicament, then but, no. but But you know, I haven't played football, that if you get like a knee to the knee, for example, it's painful. It's like you have broken it. But it goes away after 30, 60 seconds. You just need that little bit of that minute just to, for it to go away. And you know what I mean? You do get those sort of things. Players don't just always go down, you know, slightly down because it isn't sore. It is sore for that little period, but it doesn't take long to recover, which is why you do see players get a little bit of treatment, and then they're absolutely fine. People go, oh, it wasn't actually sore. Well, it was, but it's just the fact that it's not an injury per se. Yes. Um, but also, how was Saka's goal offside? What? Sack, sack oh, because oh, yeah, because you if the keeper comes out, you you need to have two uh, defense behind the ball behind the keeper. Otherwise, it's offside. Ah, I see. Um, so because there was only um, one defender behind Foster, and obviously he was be, Sack was behind Foster, it's offside. Oh, okay, I see. Um, yeah. Um, but and then Abamyang missing the penalty. Uh, what a it's guy even... Ben Foster is, man. What a guy. He got me 11... Watford lose and he still gets me 11 points on fantasy. What a guy. Can I just say, right, that man didn't just put his body behind that foot in, in front of ball. That man put his soul into that penalty save. He was all over that. He done flips and kicks and was like... and Yeah, when he saved that, like, you were thinking, what part did the ball hit of his body? His legs were in there, his hands were in there, his head was going out everywhere. The man was like, I know where this is going. I am just going all in with this penalty save. And it worked. Great save. Because it was a, it was a, Abamian hit the penalty with enough power, but Ben Foster knew where he was going. He could tell by the save. He knew where he was going. There was no hesitation. He knew what was happening and made the save. But Despite that, despite all that, despite his efforts, arguably one of the most informed players in the league right now, or in recent times. 
youngster Emil Smith Rowe, who I failed all season despite also being shit at the start, I still said Emil Smith Rowe is the light of their season. And he's proven it yet again with a terrific finish past Ben Forster, despite his heroics. And got them the goal. And then, shortly after, Ramsdale made a potential howler of a mistake to lead to a goal, but Watford missed it. King missed the chance. So they go out of danger there, and then Watford got a red, like Watford do, and Arsenal got the three points. But also rugby, just to end this on a high note, right? What was, why, <laughs> how do you feel that Watford got the red for their challenge? <laughs> but the Liverpool one won the red. I mean, it's just laughable, isn't it? It's like, I mean, to be fair, lads are on a yellow card, so he gets a second yellow and whatnot, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just laughable. No, no, it's not much else to say on it. No, not really. Um, and the, and the, as, as we go into saying the rest of the game, the rest of the game is quite uneventful, would you say? I mean, I mean... But, but no, but, I mean, there, there was the uh, Zaha and Gallagher doing, doing it again, uh, because the game before they got the goals, I'm sure, to beat City, was it not? So then they, yeah. they get my boy Gallagher, Sheriff Loney, went and done it again as Chris Palace beat Wolves 2 But he's, he's looked at home in a Palace shirt in the Premier League ever since they signed him. First game of the season, Gallagher. He's, he's got so much energy, so... brings so much of a bright spark into that team. And Zaha's loving it in the last couple of weeks. And they got a good 2 win against Wolves at home. Um, very good stuff for them. Um, in terms of the other games, my love, we've already mentioned Norwich beat Brentford 2-1. Um, and so, yeah, there's Brighton, Newcastle finished 1-1. Eddie Howe watched his new Newcastle side get a, a, a late an equaliser to, to level that one up. Um, the Friday night kick-off, obviously, Southampton Villa, we've about as well. Southampton won 1-0 in that one. Uh, Leeds Leicester finished 1-1. Um, yeah, not a great result for either side, if I'm honest, but I'm sure they'll take a point each. And the other game we've not spoke about is Everton nil Spurs nil in Conte's first game in charge of Spurs in the Premier League. And the biggest talk point in that one was Everton's Mason Holgate getting sent off. Won't lie, lads, guys, can't actually remember it. It's been a while since I've seen it, um, but I'm sure it was definitely a red card in that one. Um, and that rounds up the Premier League results. Um, as I've already spoken about, Miller, that, that is an international break now. Big, big one for us coming up uh, in terms of Scotland fans tomorrow. Could reach that playoff. That playoff spot could be secured and we can, you know, get another a good team and get knocked out of that. But, you know, still positives, still positives um, and whatnot. You know, will you be watching the Tartan Army tomorrow? What time does Five. it start? Yes, I finished work. Uh, I think I finished work at three. So I'll what, be heading to the pub for that. Because I feel like I should be in the pub for it. Because is it if we win this, we go through, or if we just win? It's just it's just giving us more of a chance. Uh, I know, and I believe if we if we win, we've done it. Well, yes. Uh, so anyone. 
no, I don't think it's going to come out in time for this game uh, starting. But everyone join me up time. Let's, let, let's all go and support our nation and see this through. This could be one of the biggest moments uh, potentially in our, in, our, in our footballing lives because we, we, we've seen Hall really. Mm-hmm. You know, as as Scotland fans, uh, obviously we had uh, the Euros, but it's a World Cup. This is different gravy. So yeah, it'll be well attacking, well attacking on the boys. Do the business. We will find out. Let's Come hope. On. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we teased it before, <laughs> but it's your favourite segment of the pod. It is the Logs Thistle update that mm-hmm. I have taken primary um, control of, considering that Miller does not care about Logs Thistle. Um, anyway, I am I am always there for you, Logs Thistle, and the latest result is a free all draw against Hurlford United. Oh, is what they got a six goal fill. We love a six goal fill. I would have loved that at the uh, London Stadium, but. Um, there was a certain team that didn't seem to understand the message um, in that one. Um, I'm just having a wee look at the report. Um, so I think last were behind. Um, they turned the game on its head to take a 3-2 lead before conceding to um, them to eventually get a 3 all draw in that one. And I believe it was in the league as well, I think that one was. Yes, it was. Um, so... You know, a free old draw at home, you know, good for the fans, for the team. I'm sure they got a bit of a bollocking off the coach um, for that, considering, um, you know, they've had some decent results in recent times as well. But sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it doesn't. So, a good game. Um, not a result, I'm sure, either team we're looking for. But, um, yeah, um, that is the latest Lags Thistle results. Um, and actually, I have a fixture list for Lags Thistle now. Um which is very, very helpful. Um, and this weekend, they will be playing against Trun away from home. Um, they've got Trun back-to-back, actually. So they've got them this weekend, mm-hmm. and then they've got them the weekend after in the Cup, in the South Challenge Cup. So very exciting for them in there. It's a, a double game against Trun. So we'll see how they get on with that in our next update on the pod. Um, and that is your log thistle update. We need to get a sting mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, we need to get a sting for this. We're gonna have to sort this out. We're gonna have to get a sting for that certain segment on the show. Um, but Mella, is there any other topics that you would like to discuss before we wrap things up? I think we've we've kind of covered it. We've we've had rants um on this pod. We've had rants over teams that we don't even like, but we we're just frustrated. We've had. Even talked about Barca, we've had a lot of stuff up there. I don't even think there's anything else I can really think of. Fair enough. Um, Something away from football before we do finish. Of course, it's a very um, important moment this weekend. Obviously, it's um, Remembrance Sunday. Um, We remember all the soldiers from um, the First World War. So... um, and the Second World Wars, respectfully. So, um, you know, if you haven't got your poppy yet, guys, um, do go and get it. It's important to remember the um, soldiers and all those people that um, laid down their lives to allow us to have the freedoms that we all 
enjoy and take for granted um today um so yeah yes for, for everyone there is i mean i, I don't know if the other pubs have not been in any other pubs but i assume uh, uh, you can go into whatever pub you're going to for a drink you can get a poppy for a pound donate a pound I, I know my work has uh, weapons i have a box at the front of the bar big red box pop a pound in there take your poppy and show your support for all the men and women that have sacrificed their lives so that we can have the freedom to sit in this podcast today and for you to sit and listen to this podcast today um, or whatever else comes out because if it wasn't for them we might not even have the freedom to live comfortably in our beds so yeah. pay your respect for your purpose of pride and also in paying respect to these people enjoy Remembrance Sunday as we come together and celebrate these so great people. Yep, and um, just to finish off um, on that last segment, it was on this day, 103 years ago, when the First World War ended as well. And obviously we do um, also have to remember people that are still alive today that were injured with that as well. Um, so, yes. yeah, very important weekend, guys. So do pay your respects um, as, a, as as you see fit. Um, but yeah, Mella, I just wanted to add that we, um, I've, uh, funnily enough, uh, Mella, I've actually, just before we do finish, I'm just scrolling through my phone, we have a club statement from Rangers Football Club. Oh, no. Um, discussing this, Gerard's departure um, to the Midlands Club, having played a key role in the significant growth of the light blues in numerous areas during his three and a half years at Ibrox. <laughs> And domestically, Rangers have flourished under Gerard, with that work culminating in the club claiming their 55th league title last season on the back of an unbeaten league campaign. Damn right. Um, so, yeah, plenty of uh, thanks. Um, Rangers Football Club would like to put on record their thanks to Stephen and his staff and wish them every success in the future. They will always be welcome at Ibrox. Um, and I also say we wish, we, we, we wish Stephen nothing but success for his next chapter. So plenty of respect yeah. and um, plenty of applaud from Rangers, um, even though they have lost a big figure in their club today. Yes, as well as moving on from a, a, something that's going to make me cry all day. I have just found out, people, I have not seen the team of the week for ultimate team. Some of you will appreciate this. Some of you will not. This is FIFA, isn't it? Yes. Kurt Zuma has an informed 84 overall. He does. People... This is big. Uh, you, you know, I, I love me some Kurt Zuma. 84 overall, 88 physical, 6 foot 3 Kurt Zuma in the ultimate team. You can go get him now. I'm plugging this shit because I'm going to go buy one right this fucking instant. That'll fix my defensive woes. But it, yes. It definitely and will. But do, anyway, um, moving how, on. <laughs> how do they get that, people? How do they get that in form? How do they get You'll have to go and um, read back the footage. You have to re-listen to the podcast if you don't understand why you got that. But yep, that is the end, Mella. Um, before I um cry anymore. Um, it's been a very <laughs> emotional pod for both of us. Not great results for either team. Obviously, the big news for Gerard. You know, good luck to him. I'm sure, Villa fans will be loving it. Um, rightly so. But um, it's a goodbye from me, guys, from the Good Vest Evil podcast. And it's a goodbye from me. 
And guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. There will not be a pod next week, unfortunately. International break, you know the drill. This is the Club Football yeah. uh, podcast. Um, so there will not be one next week, but we will be back strong the week after where Liverpool will have beaten Arsenal, everything will be rosy, Chelsea will have dropped points again, and Liverpool will be back in the title fight. But until then, guys, enjoy your week, take care, stay safe, remember, as we say, get your poppy, remember all the brave women, men and women who served in two world wars uh, for both sides, and take care. Ta-da. Remember, guys. Thank you.